Question for you. Is your audience guessing who your villain is before you've done the big reveal at the end? Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you didn't leave enough breadcrumbs, so the reveal feels like it came out of left field and is just too convenient. Either way, the audience is simply not impressed with your big villain reveal. Is this something that you're dealing with or are worried about at all? Well, if you are, don't worry. I'm going to give you five ways to hide your villain in plain sight and just take care of this little problem, okay? Stay tuned. Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character arc? Do you want to create a fiction empire, but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on, and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough? Hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams, but got information overload every time I looked for writing help, because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers, and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career, including the marketing aspect, is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. So villains are one of the most fun parts of stories, right? They're so much fun to plan. They're so much fun to think about, to figure out their motivations. And if you followed me for very long, you know that I talk a lot about giving more hints, more foreshadowing, telling more rather than less. The more details you give, the more your audience will be salivating for your story. So most authors try to save everything they have for the big reveal at the end. And that's a huge mistake because if the audience can't put the pieces together so that it's a big aha moment for them rather than a where did that come from moment, it just doesn't land very powerful or lead to reader satisfaction. And without reader satisfaction, they're not going to come they're not going to like your story as much and they're not going to come back to your writing again and again. So obviously that's what we want. And this is what happens. It needs to be a realization for the readers. They need to have breadcrumbs and pieces that they're kind of collecting along the way in the story. And it's something that they might even do subconsciously and not realize they're doing it. But then when your big reveal happens, it's something that they realize and they finally, it clicks for them because all the pieces come together. If that's not the case and it's just coming out of the clear blue sky, that's really pretty much deus ex machina, which means something comes out of nowhere to save the hero or heroine, and that's not what you want in your story. It comes across as really terrible writing, really kind of lazy and weak story, and obviously we don't want any of that. So how do we go about making sure that when you do your big, this is the villain, reveal at the end, that the readers have the reaction that we want? Well, one way to do it is to hide the villain in plain sight. And I hear you, you're saying, some of you anyway, the types of stories you write, well, I don't want to tell them who my villain is before the end because I want it to be a big reveal. I want there to be this gasp moment when they realize who the true bad guy is, right? Or gal. And I hear you, there are lots of stories written that way and it's super fun to make the audience, you know, be all shocked and everything when the big reveal happens. Big plot twists and big reveals, they're one of the, the many delights of writing, right? Of writing fiction. But here's the thing. 
if you will hide, find a way to hide the villain in plain sight, it's going to accomplish both things. The audience won't think that, you know, whoever it is, is actually the villain because they're right there. They're in plain sight and you're kind of disguising them. So the audience doesn't recognize them as the villain. And they just kind of think, nah, it couldn't be them. That's too easy. So they don't see it coming. But you can also use somebody in plain sight to plant seemingly innocuous, inconspicuous clues so that when the villain is revealed, then it's a major aha moment, you know, and this is someone that's been there all along. So the story feels well planned and cohesive and, you know, true to life rather than just pulling some solution out of the air, right? Remember that that is what will create reader satisfaction. And reader satisfaction is the key to creating mega fans and getting those mega fans to buy anything and everything you ever write, okay? So this is as much a business decision as it is a craft decision. So how do you hide your villain in plain sight? Well, there's lots and lots of ways to do it, but I'm gonna give you five ways that you can do it with some examples. So grab your journal or your laptop or your notebook, whatever you use to take notes, because you're gonna wanna write this down. All right, so five ways to hide your villain in plain sight. The first is to make the villain funny or enjoyable in some way. Um, most people will instantly latch on to that character if they're funny, and especially if they don't know that they're the villain right away. And it, you know, people inherently think of villains as the dark, ominous, you know, dark Darth Vader sort of figures. And so if you have a villain that's actually being funny and is just kind of making the story enjoyable for the reader, they're not gonna assume that that's the villain, right? Um, I tried to think of examples for all of these, and for this one, the thing, the, the person that came to mind was just Alan Rickman. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a particular villain because he's always this way, okay? I thought of the Sheriff of Nottingham. He's definitely the villain in, in um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, but he is so funny. He's a, he's a hysterical villain. And even though, of course, we want Robin Hood to win in the end and all of that, we just kind of like him. You can't help but look forward to the scenes he's in because they're so entertaining. Um, uh, you know, do I need to go into Snape? <laughs> Even though, well, we kind of know how it ends up, whether Snape is the villain or not, but it's more than that. His scenes are just entertaining because he's always so so sour and, you know, so against Harry, and we kind of can't help but smile most of the time at the way that he plays the character. And even Hans Gruber in Die Hard. I mean, he's just, yeah, he's diabolical. Of course, he's the villain, and we want, uh, you know, Bruce Willis to, to win in the end, but this is just somebody who's interesting and dynamic and the audience really latches onto them okay so something like that if you make your villain that way and um in, in most of those it was told to us early on that he was at least an antagonist but even so you can do something like that with the character and then if you're trying to hide the fact that they're a villain the reader's really not going to suspect right off the bat all right so that's number one number two um make your villain an idiot honestly make them extremely non-threatening in some way um the thing that came to mind here was quirrell from uh harry potter and the sorcerer's stone he stutters he seems to be almost afraid of his students you know he's just there's a part they do in the movie i'm sure it's in the book too where uh after the kids take out the troll the troll is unconscious but it sort of snarls and it's sleep and he jumps and oh, you know i mean he's just the most non-threatening guy you could possibly imagine and then it turns out he's the villain but that's actually a really good example of how not only did they hide him in plain sight but they used it to leave clues because he was the one who came running in on Halloween and said there was a troll in the dungeon and then later we find out he let the troll in. So it was a really good way to hide clues so that when it all came together, it just made sense that that was the plan all along, right? 
Okay, uh, number three make your villain appear weak physically. So this could be an injury, it could be that they're in a wheelchair, it could be um, maybe that they're just, you know, if you have the hero being this brawny, muscle-bound person and the villain is really kind of skinny and not very strong, I mean, it can be anything like that. And because they don't seem like a fair match for the villain or for the, excuse me, for the hero or heroine, people aren't going to suspect that that's the villain, right? Something that came to mind for this, and it's, I don't know, maybe it's a, a very extreme example, but uh, the movie Saw. All right, this is a horror movie. I know not everybody's seen it, um, and I'm about to give you some massive spoilers for the end, so if you don't want to hear them, skip ahead. That's your warning. Um, so the setup in Saw is that two men wake up in a really disgusting room. You know, it's it's clearly an old bathroom that hasn't been uh, working for some time, but it's just really gross and not clean, and they're chained to the walls, and uh, in, in between them, there's a man lying on the floor with a gunshot wound to the head who's clearly dead, and they can't reach each other, and they can't reach the body but of course that's a really freaky place to wake up and they don't know where they are and the whole movie is them trying to figure out how they got there and who put them there and that sort of thing and you know of course that's going to be really disturbing to wake up not only in this room but with a dead body in the middle of the room and no idea who this person is or why they're dead or you know if you're next kind of a thing well at the very very end of the movie here come the spoilers um just as they're kind of figuring out what happened that dead body in the middle of the room suddenly stands up and it turns out he was alive all along he was awake all along and he's the perpetrator of the whole thing so he was listening to them figure things out right and just staying still and that was part of the twist ending that shocked audiences and made saw the phenomenon that it was because it was just this crazy crazy ending okay now obviously like i said that's a really extreme example because the guy wasn't just appearing physically weak he appeared to be dead but even so nobody suspected that that was the villain nobody expected him to stand up at the end and be the one who was the mastermind behind it all and that was such a huge twist that it made that movie a huge franchise right um so like i said you don't have to make them look like they're dead all the time or anything like that it's an extreme example but you get the idea if uh if the villain is appearing physically weaker than the hero or heroine the main characters then the audience tends not to suspect that they're going to be the villain it's just maybe it's a little bit of bias on our parts but it's just human nature guys so you know by all means exploit that human nature in order to hide your villain um number four Try making the villain really attractive. You know, people tend to latch on to really pretty people. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, Loki from the um, Marvel Universe. I mean, the moment they made Tom Hiddleston Loki, he was going to have all kinds of fans, just as many as Thor, right? Um, it just makes people like them, latch on to them, and... Again, it's probably a, a human failing, but it's just human nature. We tend to think that pretty people are non-threatening. So use that, you know, if you want to. If you have a really um, attractive villain, then you can definitely use that to hide them in plain sight and to just kind of have some fun with it. Um, and number five is have the villain assist the hero somehow. Um if they're, you know, coming across as a nice person that's actually helping the hero out, the audience is not going to suspect that that's the villain unless you tell them, basically, or show them in some way. Uh, a couple of examples I thought of for, for this. One of them is uh, there's some old fantasy books called The Sword of Truth books. And there was one in particular that I remember, and I thought they did a really good job hiding the villain in it. Um, the way that they set it up, you have the main character, and he was at a, a magical academy learning 
learning to be a sorcerer and he didn't like most of his teachers um most of them just seemed to have an agenda you know they wanted to use him rather than actually help or teach him and so he didn't like that but there was one in particular that he actually did like because she was the only one that seemed genuine and like she was really trying to help him with his magic and help him to be better and didn't seem to have any designs on him in any way um on in a completely different thread in the story we were reading from the point of view of a woman who was clearly evil and trying to accomplish some evil things but it never told us what her name was it just was from her point of view and she never named herself but the only thing we really knew about her was that other than you know what we were seeing her evil deeds was that she had purple eyes and then at the very ending um as things were kind of being revealed and coming together at the end of the story um the main character mentions that teacher that he really likes because she was genuine and then it just kind of throws this line in there the author does this says oh and by the way she had purple eyes and so then we could kind of connect her to the evil character we'd been reading about all along and realize that was her so it was just another way of hiding the villain in plain sight you know the author wrote the villain in one thread and let us know what she was doing and then mentioned her and she wasn't a major character it was just something that was kind of mentioned on the side oh this was the teacher he actually really did like he enjoyed his lessons with her because she wasn't trying to use him you know but she wasn't a main point of view character so she was there and you kind of liked her and you um were told that the the hero liked her and then it was like dun 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 when the big reveal came you know so that's a, a really good example of hiding in plain sight but she was assisting the hero so certainly when i was reading it i didn't think she was the villain i had no idea you know so it was a big reveal for me so I hope that, you know, it goes to show, too, what I mean when I say you need to leave breadcrumbs. You know, they didn't tell us from the very beginning that this teacher was the villain of that particular installment. She wasn't the villain for, like, the entire series. It was just for that particular book, and I, I'm pretty sure they killed her off at the end. Um, but if they had just come out of left field and been like, by the way, it was one of his teachers, it just wouldn't, it would have felt a little cheap, and, like, they just sort of filled that in. But because we had been getting the point of view of the villain the whole time even though she wasn't named and then they had put in that detail about her helping him and him you know actually having a genuine friendship with her it, it just made it a really big shocking twist so you know I guess the moral of the story is if you want the really big shocking twist you have to put in foreshadows you have to set it up or it's not going to be a really big shocking twist and that's where people go wrong they think if they save everything for the twist that that will make it more shocking but it doesn't it makes it less shocking it makes it feel too convenient you have to set it up you have to plan it it has to feel like it was that way all along and the reader just didn't realize it um and like i said hiding the villain in plain sight is a really good way to do it so um let's recap those five ways Number one, make the villain funny or enjoyable in some way so the audience just likes him and then they're less likely to think that he or she uh, is actually the villain. Number two, make your villain an idiot like Professor Quirrell. Make him non-threatening, maybe kind of a little blonde when it comes to the uh, the intelligence, you know what I mean, that sort of things. And again, that just makes them very non-threatening. Number three, make them appear weaker physically if they don't seem like they can physically go up against the hero or the heroine, then people are just less likely to think that that's the evil genius behind the whole story. Um, number four, make them attractive. Because again, people tend to latch on to those who are attractive and tend to th find them non-threatening. So it's something you can use in your story to sort of hide your villain as you go along. And number five, make them assist the hero in some way so that people think this is a friend of the hero and don't realize that it's actually someone who is keeping their enemies close and maybe setting up the hero for a fall. 
Um, so, and of course you don't have to do all, of, I wouldn't try to do all of those in one, but those are five particular ways that you could pick one, play with them, see if you can hide your villain in some way. And that way, if you're doing a big reveal for the villain, you'll be able to set it up and it actually will be what you want. It will be a huge plot twist reveal and then the readers will love it and it'll all be good. All right. So that is what I have for you today. I hope that was helpful when it comes to figuring out your villain and your villain reveal. Um, if you have not done it, make sure to get on my on the um, advanced interest list for Fiction by Design. I will put the link in the show notes. It is bit.ly forward slash Fiction by Design. And yeah, I'm working on that and it should be, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to end up doing some sort of workshop uh, in a few weeks. So I'll let you know as it gets closer. Um, yeah, but that is about it. So everybody go forth and write your fiction and get those villains written and hidden in plain sight if that's something you want to do. And remember, there's always a market for awesome. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.